Hello everyone, Saudalzade here and welcome to the latest episode of The Surge. Um, today I want to talk about ICU rounds at the bedside and how we could do them better. Um, I was recently uh, introduced uh, to rounding in the ICU here in Kuwait and um, it got me thinking as to how good are we at this internationally and how useful are interdisciplinary rounds involving nurse, doctor, RT, pharmacist, nutritionist, etc. And are there any key tools or key points that we should concentrate on? Is there a turnkey solution available? Is there a one-size-fits-all strategy that, uh, that we can follow and conform to? And how could we do it better is basically what I'm trying to talk about today. So uh, are we any good at this? Uh, predictably, probably not. Uh, it's estimated that uh, we talk to the nurses one in ten times, 12% of the time. We involve ourselves in physical examination about 14.6% of the time. And we talk about evidence-based topics 7.2% of the time. So this problem's probably been there for a while. It will probably be there for a long time to come. And as this study in 2013 showed, no matter how good you are, you'll still be abysmal at it. Um, apparently. And uh, this is something that has sort of been um, reinvestigated over the years, and it's been found to occur in almost every center. Uh, we're all just as guilty as each other um, at not providing optimal teaching at the optimal time. And it seems that uh, there are certain risk factors, if you want to call them that, for um, suboptimal interdisciplinary rounds. Uh, putting it mildly, uh, things like uh, having a senior resident around, it being a weekday, and having a younger attending physician around led to more bedside teaching, and uh, having a more experienced physician uh, with longer uh, years of experience and longer weekdays did have longer rounding times, but not significantly better rounds, uh, where better is defined as uh, more evidence-based teaching, more resident-driven uh, discussions, etc., etc., and more nursing and multidisciplinary involvement. So um, there seems to be a call and seems to be an international problem that even transcends the ICU and, and seems to occur all over the place. And one thing that uh, everybody can agree upon is that we need to be able to do it well and do it better, and that by doing so, we provide uh, a better working environment. This is one of the first descriptive studies to take a look at that and to take a look at what might be optimal in terms of care planning. And it it seems that as a consensus, we're looking for a nurse and MD-driven rounds um, that outline long-term goals and short-term goals over 24 hours and that allow patients to participate in the decision-making where possible. But are these rounds actually useful? And it turns out that they are. Uh, not only do they lead to better satisfaction uh, in terms of uh, people working in the ICU, both the doctors and the nurses, but also uh, they seem to point towards a shorter length of stay, uh, less time to consultations being put in, and better operational structure in the overall scheme of things, because it seems that there's a unified plan involved. Um, nursing attitudes towards these rounds uh, have historically been um, very positive, um, but in places where it has occurred, it's only been shown that 50 to 60 percent of nurses see a viable improvement in terms of patient care on the ground and at the bedside. Uh, 
And I think that part of it is the fact that we're not executing them all that well. And, and another argument for that is the fact that over the past, I'd say, five or six years, there have been two Crocker reviews, one of them looking at uh, interventions uh, to promote collaboration between nurses and doctors, and the other one looking at the effects of practice-based interventions on professional practice and healthcare outcomes, i.e., how should we go about improving our integrated system and what outcomes should we look at? And both reviews seem to be fairly non-conclusive. We don't have any straight answers, uh, which leads me to believe that this could be one of two things. There could be one of two reasons. Intuitively, descriptively, it makes sense that integrated rounds should lead to better outcomes. I think that the first reason why we haven't proved that yet is the fact that there are so many variations in practice. Uh, this is just a study out of um, uh, a single county in Pennsylvania, uh, sorry, a single state, Pennsylvania. And as you can clearly see, there's such a heterogeneity of practice that there's no way you can come to a clear conclusion as to whether or not an intervention would work there, especially an intervention as nuanced as rounds, the cornerstone of patient management in 2017. So in conclusion, I mean, there are only two things that I can conclude from these papers and these studies. The first is that anything's better than nothing. So any type of nursing plan or goal-oriented initiative um, with the uh, view that nursing and doctors should be involved as uh, joint decision makers and the management of patients is a good thing. And that one size does not fit all and that there's a variability of practice that has to be factored in somehow. And you have to figure out where to start. And um, a good place to start seems to be the use of a daily goals checklist, something as simple as a written piece of paper that says what we're gonna do today. And um, this is just one example of one that has been validated called the ICU Daily Goals uh, Checklist and Plan of Care. And this was uh, published and endorsed by the Site of Critical Care Medicine uh, fairly early on and seems to be the standard in many ICUs and institutions, um, including uh, Hamilton Healthcare. And it goes through um, the biggest and most important decision-making points, I think with uh, nursing pre-rounds and uh, doctor rounds uh, or MD-driven team rounds, uh, having specific aspects of weaning, ventilation, infection prevention, control, fluid status, access line sites, comfort sedation, labs and procedures, medications, psychosocial concerns, research consultations, etc. My only problem with this checklist is that very few people filled them out in the end, particularly the MDs. And the MDs who were filling them out were non-certified hospital doctors or residents or NCHDs, depending on which side of the Atlantic you live on. So it wasn't exactly a fully validated study. But it did show that there has been some improvement in the way that we communicate, some improvement in time to consultation and things like that. Uh, putting that checklist on a computer didn't help things much, especially because in this study uh, by the certain group who's trying to develop a content management system with point-of-care decision-making support, basically making the computer make the decisions for you or help you to remember, if you want to call it that, to make a decision. I'm not a very big fan of these uh, systems, but it seems that this one actually works. And uh, a pediatric version of it has recently come into the wild about a year ago. And uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I like the idea of having a checklist available to me during rounds so that I don't forget anything. But at the same time, I don't like the idea that a machine will eventually start to make decisions for me. 
or that I'd have to justify decisions that I've made independent of the machine. Um, I think it's early days, so some cognitive and some intuitive thinking still involved in running an ICU. But if you're looking at the way of the future, this seems to be it. Although I have to say that all the studies that looked at this up till this point, from my knowledge at least, or to my knowledge, the ones that I've come across basically, have not been very convincing. Um, they report excellent user uh, experiences, but they don't report any positive patient outcomes at this point. So I wouldn't hold your breath if you're looking for something like this to drag around with you during rounds. Um, in terms of what works best in terms of a checklist, because there's so many different variations in the literature, one thing that all studies seem to have concluded is that um, the more explicit the checklist is and the more simple it is, the better. Um, this is just a study out of uh, the American Journal of Medical Quality from uh, 2015, and it just compares a random goal set uh, type of situation uh, to a uh, systems-based approach. And they found that uh, it was more clear uh, definitive communication and the time to reaching the goals was improved as well which is uh, quite interesting. So basically, if I tell you, if we all agree that this is what we want to do today, and we all have a limited number of choices as to what we can do on any given day, uh, we tend to do it better. Uh, the reality is that all of these studies collectively are trying to mirror uh, crisis resource management models from um, the aviation industry. And I don't think that that's the right place to start. Um, this isn't a patient problem. This isn't a crisis resource management problem. This isn't an economical problem. This is pure and simple system design. And, you know, when I sat down and I tried to figure out what would work best for my institution, at least, I found that the doctor versus nurse model that everybody keeps reporting in the literature doesn't exist in 2017, at least not in our institution here in Kuwait. We tend to have discussions between us, nurses, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, even nutritionists most days. And I apologize for putting MD up there first. Um, RTs uh, should go up there first, and then pharmacists next. So it's an equal opportunity, a list of people that are involved in 2017. Um, and that the fact of the matter is the decisions that we make during rounds are based on status and goals as opposed to uh, who gets to talk and who doesn't or who's involved and who isn't. Whoever's there and whoever is available and whoever is not too busy will come and voice a concern whenever they have to, and that's just the way that our institution runs. So for me to do something like the intricate Hamilton super checklist is extremely, extremely difficult and non-viable, at least in our institution. And, you know, whenever we make a decision here, we tend to have to feed it forward and feed it back to other members of the team. So the reality is we're not really designing a checklist, and it's not that we're trying to make things more or less goal-oriented. We're actually designing rounds. And when you design rounds, you have to look at your patient population, you have to look at the people who you're working with and their abilities, and then you have to look at what you bring to the table. In our institution, um, the policy that we're trying to apply is this one, and I will provide you with JPEGs of them as well. We follow a systems-based approach because that's the way that we document everything in our unit. Uh, we begin by talking about GCS, or regiment agitation, depending on the uh, burden of injury and type of patient that we have. 
the sedation type and whether or not a sedation holiday is appropriate. And this is a discussion that occurs at MD and nursing level. Uh, there are certain things that we expect from our residents as well uh, to talk about the latest plan from the uh, other members of the team that may be involved with traumatic brain injury or CVA in our patients. We also talk about cardiovascular problems, lines, the dates that they're put in, the nature of the sites, whether it's clean or looks infected, any vasopressors, or tropes, or vasoactive agents and what the trends are, and any episodes to changes in blood pressure, heart rate, or central venous uh, pressure over 24 hours. We also talk about our ventilation strategy, any improvements or deterioration, um, VAP measures and elevation of head of bed, etc. I get my RTs to uh, talk about whether or not a patient has um, frequent suctioning, the type of suctioning that's done. Is there uh, any um, difficulty if it's a fresh intubation? And if it's somebody who's been intubated for a week, then I like to talk about uh, lung mechanics, if and when we have time to do them. Uh, our MDs uh, have a responsibility to check the chest x-ray before rounds, uh, let us know about them. They decide on the weaning goals for the day and decide on the need for a tracheostomy. In terms of GI, we talk about uh, the need for NG feeding, uh, if the NG is in the right place and confirmed, any wounds or drains, uh, and any bowel motions. We also talk about the need for stress ulcer prophylaxis, enteral uh, feeding, parental nutrition, laxatives, and prokinetic agents. Uh, we then move on to talking about uh, overall fluid balance, the renal system, any signs of renal failure, and IV fluid replacement uh, strategies. Uh, we talk about our uh, latest set of uh, labs and whether it's appropriate to continue our lab testing strategy on a regular basis or not if a patient's more chronic and has been in the ICU for a while. We talk about our cultures and the need to stop antibiotics as soon as we can. And then we talk about insulin, blood sugar control, and other endocrine uh, factors, as well as a pharmacy review. We then uh, move on to uh, any reported bed source. And then we talk about how we're going to communicate with other people in the hospital and how we're going to divide up that work and who's going to be talking to the family, whether it's a nursing day, an MD day, or an attending day. We talk about that as well. And then we confirm everything in summary before we move on to the next patient. Now, this is just the front of the sheet. The back of the sheet is sort of like a small reference sheet for the newer, more junior members of the team uh, so that they have... Um, uh, a bunch of uh, parameters that may not be commonly reviewed, uh, but you would need to know from time to time. So in conclusion, um, design your rounds based on what you need. Um, it's not one size fits all, but what the literature has proven, or I wouldn't need, I use a word as strong as proven, but what the literature supports is a strategy where you have some sort of structure when you reach a patient's bedside and a strategy where everybody feels like they contrib they're contributing and that they're on the same page. So I think that no matter what you do at this point, nobody will fault you, but you have to have some sort of a checklist or a structure. And I'm not saying to use mine. I mean, heaven knows it's not really validated, but have some sort of structure in mind. Um, this is Saud Al-Zaid signing off, and uh, please subscribe, and thanks for listening.